of a vaccine to take place in Africa. I feel a little bit scared, but uh, I want to know what's going on with this uh, vaccine so that I can tell my friends and others what's going on in this time. The trial, being carried out by Britain's Oxford University, alongside local partner University of the Witwatersrand, will consist of 2,000 volunteers, including some HIV-positive patients. They'll be monitored over the next 12 months to see how well the vaccine protects against COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Shabir Mahdi, a professor of vaccinology at Wits University, says the aim is to get the infection rate under one, the level at which it starts spreading rapidly. But once 60% of the population, especially the adult population, that becomes immune, we expect that effectively productive rate to go to under one, which basically means the virus will still be around, it will still circulate, but its chain of transmission has been interrupted, which is important. It's the second trial of this vaccine outside the United Kingdom after Brazil, and a larger study is planned in the United States. South Africa has the highest rate of infections in Africa at over 100,000 with 2,000 deaths, and the World Health Organization has warned the region could become the next epicenter of the outbreak. Though tests of a new medical intervention on the continent always ring alarm bells, because of a history of big pharmaceutical companies using Africans as guinea pigs, it's hoped that South Africa's involvement will ensure the continent will have access to an affordable vaccine and not be left at the back of the queue. The announcement of the first um, coronavirus vaccine to be, um, to be studied in, in, in Africa and indeed in South Africa. So the South African Medical Research Council is uh, a major funder of this program. What's very important as well is the issue around prevention and we became very interested in funding work on, on, on vaccine design and development. And we looked at both local um, vaccine design and development as well as collaborating with international groups. And so this is the reason why we have collaborated with the Gates Foundation to fund this very important research. Si je peux être provocateur, est-ce qu'on devrait pas faire cette étude en Afrique où il n'y a pas de masque Pas de traitement, pas de réanimation, un peu comme c'est fait d'ailleurs pour certains, certaines études dans le SIDA, où chez les prostituées, on essaye des choses parce qu'on sait qu'elles font, elles sont hautement exposées et elles se protègent pas. Est-ce que, qu'est-ce que vous en pensez Alors vous avez raison, et d'ailleurs on est en train de réfléchir en parallèle à une étude en Afrique justement pour pour faire ce même type d'approche avec le BCG à placebo. Euh, je pense qu'il y a un appel d'offres qui est sorti ou va sortir, et je pense. Uh, uh, policy of the American government is called the Kissinger Report, which was produced in the mid 70s when Henry Kissinger was the uh, was involved with the government, and it explicitly states which to this day, it remains the official policy of the American government. It has not changed, mm -hmm. may not be implemented by Trump, but it remains the same. That uh, the purpose of the foreign policy in Africa was to uh, reduce the, the population. So to give aid to countries in Africa, not uh, clean water and schooling and things like that, but uh, contraception and abortion in order to shrink the population of Africa because they have great mineral resources there. That sounds diabolical. It I mean, is. I, I, yes. That sounds like something conceived in the mind of Margaret Sanger. Yeah, definitely. And so the, uh, at the time, Kissinger and those involved 
with the Carter administration wanted to shrink the population, make sure that the Africans do not develop and do not use the resources for themselves. Because we in the States, we need them. There is a, a concerted effort of foreign powers to uh, control the population of Africa. Wow. Africa is a huge continent, could, could feed thousands more people, yeah. but the uh, policies of the West, especially in, in Europe, for example, between 1990 and the year 2000, the United States, Canada and Europe contributed about $6 billion in contraceptives, not to help the people, not to give clean water, clean food. That is a... Uh, not, not to fight malaria, for example. No, of course, perish the thought, never. Yeah. Let them die. That's the whole idea. So in our work in HLI, we denounce this reality to make the Africans aware that they have to defend themselves against the, the influence of foreign powers. Anti-science, a whole movement called the anti-vaxxers, who refuse to acknowledge the evidence that vaccinations have eradicated smallpox and who by their prejudices are actually endangering the very children they want to protect. And I totally reject this anti-scientific pessimism. I'm profoundly optimistic about the ability of new technology to serve as a liberator and to remake the world, remake the world, remake the world wow. wondrously and benignly. Indeed, in countless respects, technology is already doing just that. Nanotechnology, I mentioned earlier, revolutionizing medicine by designing robot robots a fraction of the size of a red blood cell capable of swimming through our bodies dispensing medicine and attacking malignant cells like some Star Wars armada. Neural interface technology, neural interface technology is producing a new generation of cochlear implants, I think, of new tools that we acquired, but over which we, the human race, had the advantage, which we controlled. And that is not necessarily the case in the digital age. You may keep your secrets from your friends, from your parents, your children, your doctor, even your personal trainer. But it takes real effort to conceal your thoughts from Google, from Google, from Google. And if that is true today, in future, there may be nowhere to hide. In future, there may be nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. Smart. Wow. Well, they... There you go. There you go. My Lord. There you go. The vaccine has already been produced and they're having human trials right now. And why they always have to test on Africans? What is it about that? What is the fear about that? What, what, what kind of mindset? You heard it first. Click the links. You can go and watch the entire documentary for yourself. Listen to the reports for yourself. Pull up Bill Gates Foundation and see how he is and all his cooperatives are behind this whole COVID-19 experience. If you listen, I, I believe um, last Tuesday or Wednesday on one of my uh episodes where I literally recorded 
him literally saying that they had numerous assimilations. And the only one that will be effective for depopulation was to have a virus outbreak. Well, this is global. You got what you wanted. Gates Foundations and your cooperative. The cooperatives are the secret society good old boys, as we are called in the old days. The 1% that's holding all the wealth of the world that's connected to that Federal Reserve that we are working and paying taxes for. We are literally paying them to treat us the way we're being treated here in this United States. And what are we going to do about it as individuals? What are we going to do about it? Enough is enough just to sit down and complain. Let's make your voice whole. Um, let's make your voice heard. You call your senators and you let them know. I don't agree with this. You represent our community, our district, and this is what I want to be done. If the congressman and your representatives, Republican or Democratic, it don't matter. Liberal, it don't matter what political party they're staying in. They're representing your community. You got to let them know and say, look, we don't want no unknown vaccine coming to our community. It better make sure that you got your own bad boys to test before y'all sit here and say worldwide vaccination. Nah. Your voice is on that computer and sending them letters and phone calls. That's right. So, hey. Boom factor. I'm going I'm I'm I search early in the morning for stuff like this. Cause see, you don't hear this on the news. You don't hear this on the news. And I'm gonna turn on the news just so I can see if they're gonna report about the vaccine vaccinations being trialed, tested and trialed in Africa. And they also say they're doing it in Brazil. All right, you guys, it's Dr. D with the Boom Factor. God bless you. <laughs> to take orders, but this Alexa will be watching you, clucking her tongue. I say to the African, your personal trainer, but it takes real effort to conceal your thoughts. From Google, from Google, from Google. And if that is true today, in future, there may be nowhere to hide. In future, there may be nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. Smart cities will pullulate with sensors, all joined together by the Internet of Things. Bollards communing invisibly with lampposts. But this technology could also be used to keep every citizen under round-the-clock surveillance. A future Alexa will pretend to take orders, but this Alexa will be watching you, clucking her tongue. I say to the African presidents, do not take 
their medications. I say to those of us in America, we need to call a meeting of our skilled virologists, epidemiologists, students of biology and chemistry. And we need to look at not only what they give us, we need to give ourselves something better. So my teacher told me, don't speak for some, speak for the whole. And now I'm speaking for black America, for Hispanic America, for the Native American, and for those who are desirous of life. They're making money now, plotting to give 7 billion, 500 million people a vaccination. Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates and Melinda, you want to depopulate the earth? What the hell gives you that right? Who are you to sit down with your billions and talk about who can live and who should die? That's why your world is coming to an end quickly because you have sentenced billions to death, but God is now sentencing you to the death that you are sentencing to others. Yes. Allah is great. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So whether I'm present or absent, the Executive Council of the Nation of Islam yes, sir. must call our scientists. Yes, sir. Come and let's sit down. Our virologists, our epidemiologists, those of us who know the science, we cannot let them bring anything to us that we don't dissect. Yes, don't you take a vaccine unless you say yes, to our people, we've checked it out. Yes, and you better be of the truthful ones. Yes, but Farrakhan, if we don't take the vaccine, we're sure to die. You're dying for sure now. They want to quicken death. Yes, uh, brothers and sisters, they are in the Bible as the pale horse of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The pale horse had a rider, his rider was death. And everywhere that pale horse went, hell followed behind. This is your history. You're angry with me. I'll take it. Because the two that back me are very angry with you. 
and the righteous are becoming more angry with you with every passing day. Imagine <clears throat> some Caucasians sitting in a room plotting the death <clears throat> of two to three billion human beings. Yes, calling them useless eaters. Yes, That's Satan. Yes, That's the mind of Satan. Absolutely. You know how Satan's mind begins? It begins with these words. When asked, why didn't you submit when I commanded you? And the satanic mind says, I am better because I am made of fire while he is made from dust. The moment any of you, any of us, begin to think we are better, we start mistreating those whom we think are less. So white people think naturally. This is not a fault, this is their nature that they are better. Look at the words. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. How did the Caucasian come into existence? You can bring your scientists and we'll sit down. Because my teacher said, if you can prove one word that he taught us as false, he will pay with his life. And I am his student. I'll pay with mine because I believe in every word that he taught. You're not a natural man. You're a grafted man with a birth control mechanism, killing the darker, saving the lighter, marrying the lighter on to the lighter, killing the darker of the lighter, marrying that on, the lighter with the lighter, until you get black, you get brown, you get red, you get yellow, you get white. And when the white man was made, his father was a liar, his father was a murderer, so they are born with lie and murder in their nature. How do they lie so easily? If you could read the record, the police records, of what they say in their reports that they write, they have concocted lies to justify their murder of our brothers and sisters. Why are the police quitting now? You should all quit. Because if your presence there thinks that you're going to come into the black community and do what you've been doing, you better quit. The jump out boys better stay in the white community. Don't come where we live and jump out. Because you may never get back in. He's serious, huh, y'all? Minister Farrakhan, don't be playing. (laughs) But it's the truth. As you heard in the other episode, why always want to use us as 
guinea pigs first. You see? And I don't even see that in the news where they're saying Africa is. I know they're being impacted, but I don't hear them saying that in America. Making it seem like we are the only ones that have a high case of coronavirus. No, they have high cases in Brazil, in Africa. And this is the vaccine. They literally have the vaccine. It's in human trial right now. Well, this is Dr. D. I pray you guys having an awesome morning. It's Sunday. And we up and early about to go on our grocery shopping run and get on back in the house. So anything that y'all need to do, do it early in the morning before the other folks get up. And you can protect yourself from the spread of this coronavirus. All right. God bless you. Later. Ethiopian Israeli was shot and killed by a police officer last summer. In March, his family and supporters showed up at the officer's trial. The officer said the shooting was an accident after he fired at the ground. He faces a maximum of three years in prison. Tekka's death wasn't the first to rally the Ethiopian-Israeli community. Over the past five years, six young Ethiopian men have been killed by cops, according to a local advocacy group, leading to huge protests across the country. None of the officers were prosecuted until now. This might sound a lot like the Black Lives Matter movement in America, but for Ethiopian Israelis, their struggle for acceptance is complicated by both race and religion. They're facing injustice in the world's only Jewish state, even though they're also Jewish. Young Ethiopian Israelis like the rapper Teddy Naguse have been at the forefront demanding change. He's best known for the song Handcuffed, which became something of an anthem for the protest movement. What are some of the lyrics that you think speak the strongest to people that resonate with them the most? The music video was based on a real-life act of police brutality. In 2015, two police officers were involved in the beating of an Ethiopian Israeli soldier. Neither officer was charged. The visuals are pretty strong. I knew that I need like to bring it to the into the Israeli audience mm-hmm. for them to understand what I speak about. It's me making myself 
as all the issues of racism and police brutality yeah. like reflected on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethiopian Jews started coming to Israel in large numbers in the mid-1980s as part of a government push to help Jews from around the world resettle in Israel. More than 20,000 of them were airlifted out of persecution and political instability into a promise of citizenship and belonging. Teddy's family was among them. So basically, what my mom doing now, she's making buna. Buna. Yeah, it's coffee. It's like a tradition when all the family sit around the table. I can, I can help her? Yeah, you can help her. You need like, to need move to them. You need to move them like she's doing. The whole time? We need it crispy, but not burnt. This is this is the coffee the entire family is going to be drinking? Yeah. So if I mess it up, no, it's going to be a problem? Mess, yeah, yeah. You're going to have a problem with a lot of people. Wow. Uh-huh. Once in Israel, Ethiopian Jews found that they weren't always welcome. Since they lived in isolation for thousands of years, some of their traditions differed from modern Judaism. Ethiopian Jew in Israel, do you feel equal to white Jews? This is actually my grandfather's synagogue. Oh, this is it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Yeah. The synagogue of your late grandfather. Yeah. It's a very yeah, special place. Yeah, it's a very special place. You are a Jew, I mean, you don't it's not connected to your race or something or how you look like. You're just a Jew. And there's people who come in here and they're non-Ethiopians. Mm. And pray with the Ethiopians. And, and my grandfather was very believing that, that, you know, you should let everybody come. You should let everybody come and pray. Late last year, Israel's top religious authority, the Chief Rabbinic Council, formally recognized the community's Jewishness. Rabbi Shlomo Omar was a member of the council until 2013 and advocated for the change. Ethiopian Jews moved here over 40 years ago. Why did it take so long for them to be fully recognized? There's no clear documentation. So we have to investigate. It's possible that the Chief Rabbinate who represents waited to do it right way. In an authentic way. It's not an insult. Have you experienced any racism within the council that would make Ethiopian Israelis feel this way. I have encountered problems. I don't think it's racism. Of course, here and there, there's an exception, then it invites a very harsh reaction sometimes because it hurts. 
they suffer over there for thousands of years because they are Jews. So they say, and here is the Jews making so even in the small are huge in their eyes. The Israeli government says it's doing what it can. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has publicly condemned racism towards Ethiopian Israelis. We are determined in the fight against racism and discrimination. We absolutely will not tolerate such a phenomenon. We absolute in a democracy that is the land of the Jews. over police brutality prompted the government to launch a series of reforms, including opening a hotline for public complaints and creating a task force to root out institutional racism across its ministries and law enforcement. Awake Zina is in charge of the unit. When you speak about these reforms that you've implemented, have you had any pushback from yeah. the government? Have you had any pushback from the general public? It's very complicated, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's a very sensitive issue. Yeah. You know, no one wants uh, to create or to be, um, to charge in racism. Which reforms have been the most difficult to implement? In my view, the policy reforms, it's most difficult. Uh, and why is that? Um, because, first, they are big organizations. And second, I think, they um, still believe they are doing good. And they are not see the problem, how they are policing, how they are treat people, how they are enforce the law. And unfortunately, we didn't uh, yet um, to um, uh, cooperate and to convince them uh, to take uh, the step to change. We reached out to the Israeli police, but they declined to speak with us. Young Ethiopian Israeli men, like Teddy's friends, doubt government reforms can change what really matters, how they're seen by the broader Israeli society. Most of the Israelis are not racist, but they're they're, silent. they are silent. And, and being silent, when you see racism, is you know, part of the problem. Being a, a yeah. So if you will fight, you will, um, uh, you know, being activists for that, maybe the rest of the Israelis will be with us and, and make a statement against racism. How do you all identify? Like Ethiopian, Israeli, Jewish? For me, I'm both of them. What first? Ethiopian. What first? Ethiopian. Ethiopian, yeah. Then Israeli, yeah. And what about you, bro? I'm Ethiopian, then Jew. Then Israel, because uh, I feel like they don't want to see us. Mm. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy sees reason for optimism in his fan base. They're young and diverse. I think that our generation is on the halfway of bringing the solution. I mean, just like for me to grow up with people who are not Ethiopian. And for them to feel about me like I'm their friend and I'm like I'm their brothers, like so I think this is what like uh, can fix racism. 
when you know the person, you, you will not afraid him, you will not shoot him, you will not do anything to harm him, because you know uh, he's, just, he's just like you. <laughs> Ethiopian Jews are building a movement against racism in Israel. Wow. Even in the Holy Land, our brothers are getting shot down, beat. That's, that's, wow. That's all I can say. Well, as always, you heard it first here on Boom Factor TV with Dr. D. I pray that you're having a glorious, beautiful, comfortable day. It's going to be very, very hot outside. So if you go out, make sure you mask up, glove up, dehydrate up. Okay? Take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. called Li Yan is in hiding tonight after criticizing the Chinese government's duplicitous response to the Wuhan coronavirus. Here's part of what she said to Fox News. The reason I came to U.S. is because I delivered the message of the truth of COVID-19. If I tell it in Hong Kong, the moment I start to tell it, I will be despaired and killed. No one can hear me. So for this purpose, I would like to go to U.S and tell the truth of the origins of COVID-19 to the world, to let people understand how terrible, how dangerous it is. This is nothing about politics. This is the thing about whether all the human in the world can survive. For telling the truth, the doctor says she'll be, quote, disappeared and killed. This is the government the NBA, and so much of corporate America and so many of our politicians suck up to, one that murders doctors for telling the truth. This doctor says Beijing is suppressing vital information about the virus. There are many, many patients who don't get uh, treatment on time and diagnosis on time. There is no protection for both doctors and the patient and uh, common people. And also, uh, the government doesn't allow people to release such information. Hospital doctors are scared, but they cannot talk. CDC staff are scared. I feel very disappointed, but I already know this would happen because I know the corruption among this kind of international organization like WHO to China government, to China Communist Party government. Let's hope she gets a chance to speak on CNN. Don't bet on it. Gordon Chang is the author of the book, The Coming Collapse of China. Can't come too soon. He joins us tonight. Gordon, thanks so much for coming on. First, the obvious, do you buy her story? I do, Tucker, because she talks about a change in attitude in colleagues in Hong Kong, as well as the people that she was in contact with in China. And that occurred about the middle of January. Well, that is consistent with what we know about the cover-up in China. So the timelines match up, and that's really critical. So, yes, I do believe she's not only compelling, she's also credible. 
So why wouldn't she be a prominent voice in the discussion about COVID-19? I, I, I worry that she will not get a hearing except on this channel. Well, she carries a message that, um, you know, is going to be in discordant with what we hear elsewhere. Um, yes. Because, you know, this has become like uh, President Trump versus everybody else. And so you have a lot of people propagating China's narratives in this country because it is politically expedient for them to do so in the short term. And of course, we are in a political season. But as she says, this is not an issue of politics. And it's very important that we listen to what she says because it does corroborate much of what we know about what the World Health Organization and China were doing in that critical January period. What do you think, I mean, and let me just agree with you emphatically, this isn't about the president, it's not about politics, it's about public health, which isn't served when governments lie to cover their own misdeeds or mistakes. What do you think the truth is about the origin of this disease? Yeah, we don't know. Um, I mean, there's two main theories, of course. One of them is this was a zoonotic transfer in the wild from yes. an animal to a human. The other is that this was an accidental release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And I have to say that my view is the latter one um, because most diseases in China originate and these coronavirus diseases originate in southern China. All of a sudden, we have one originating in the middle of China within 20 miles of uh, China's P4 biosafety lab. That is extremely suspicious. We know that a Chinese major general was put in charge of the lab sometime around March. And I believe that she cleaned up the lab to prevent the world from knowing any evidence of what was going on. Because Chinese researchers reached the conclusion that you have reached, there is, there is evidence that this happened. Is anybody in the so-called international community working to find the truth and working to make sure it doesn't happen again, that nothing like this is unleashed on the world the next time? Yeah, what we're seeing is the World Health Organization covering up for China. They've now got two researchers in Beijing to prepare the way for a third WHO mission to China, but they're only studying the zoonotic transfer. They're not going to Wuhan, from what we can tell. They're not going to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So really, this is an attempt to bolster China's narrative, which was built, I think, this narrative was built by China to really divert attention away from what it was doing in that biosafety lab. What a tragedy if the propaganda works, as it so often does. Gordon Cheng, thank you for your clarity on that. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tucker. Wow, you guys. My, 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 my. What's we gonna do, huh? I believe the company should focus on what they do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Everybody got their hands in this coronavirus. But it's all, like you said, propaganda, money, coffee. Oh my goodness. What's next? No car. 
that was buried 50 years ago has been pulled up. 1957. Lord have mercy. I wonder what's in there. I hope it wasn't nobody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 